What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the TDM Show. I am your host, Greg. We're going to talk about all sorts of video game-related news. A lot of it's going to be letter-based, like I'm thinking eight letters, three numbers, maybe. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Uh, but before we get on to that, we've got the guy whose clock on his MacBook is wrong. Uh. Yeah, I, I don't know how that happens, considering it is uh, attached to everything else that the digital clocks are tied to. So, And it's not even like, it's like Thanks, mar- marginally wrong. Marginally Matt, wrong. Like, but, okay, so Matt, I didn't say your name. It's Matt. Hi, Matt. What's up, Matt? What up, dude? Uh, <laughs> is it right on your phone, but wrong on your computer? Yes. You know why? Why? Because it's Apple. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's Apple. I, mean, I, think, if you he, I think it's because he has his MacBook set to slightly past Central Standard Time. Or slightly prior to, rather. Because you're past. No, it's past. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all I, this. I recently just learned that there is a country in Africa um, that has its own like method of like measuring time so they're technically seven years behind us <laughs> i heard a theory the other day but before we get into that theory what's up ash how are you doing pretty good pretty good yeah Got home from not too long ago. yeah yeah me too. me too so uh no theory i recently heard was that we're all just dead people I love TikTok for this. We're all dead because we. It, it takes the mind seven seconds or minutes to turn off, but we live in an alternate dreamlike reality during that seven minutes. So because in our mind it can be either seven minutes or it can be a hundred years, that it takes us in that dreamlike state in our mind to die. So with that being said, then so everybody saying, died in 2012. So what I'm and hearing, and we're all just living. Yeah, what I'm hearing is uh, we're all seeing our life flash before our eyes like we're living. <laughs> yes. <it>. OK. <laughs> and, and a collective consciousness. Oh, OK, because we all died at the same time in 2012. So mm. Mm. I mean, in theory, it could possibly make sense. I mean, it would explain deja vu a little bit better. Considering... It also explains the Mandela effect. Yeah. Because However, different people think remember it different yep. ways. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. You know what's really sad about that, though? Mm. Mumble rap. Mm. <laughs> That's what came from that. That's the worst. Po- well, one of the worst possible things. And we mentally elected Donald Trump. Think about that there for a second, ladies and gentlemen. Woo, that was bad. Anyway, let's talk about video games. Guys, did you play any video games this week? That's a hard no. That's a hard, hard no. All right, Ash. So the one professional streamer we have in the group, you had to play video games this week. Yes. Uh, I played oh, Crap Ton of Ark. <laughs> and I also played Call of Duty. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I heard you built a ship or pair of ships. Yeah, so I built... I built a carrier ship and I built a warship. One's made gonna, of metal. What are you going to carry of, on your carrier ship? Uh, it's going to have crates and boxes and cages and stuff like that on it. Crates, boxes, and cages? Mm-hmm. Wow, Ash. Is this like 1692 or something like that? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Tobacco, rum, and, and bodies, huh? Yeah. I mean, I tried to put a beer barrel on it, but it said that it couldn't be attached to that platform. So the beer barrel is just now on the docks. Oh, that's sad. Every ship needs a beer barrel. All right. Well, yeah, I, I don't play any games this week. Matt didn't play games this week. Uh, Matt, are you going to play any games this week? Um. Come- I am very excited to try and play a game this week. Um, We'll see if that happens uh, because 
Drum roll, everyone. It finally happened. I didn't think it would happen, but it finally happened. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, the complete Skywalker saga. It's real. It's real and it exists and it is out there in the world for people to play. Don't know, know what took so long. I know they added some new stuff to it, some new content, but it's finally out in the wild. Uh, my only struggle now is do I get it for my Switch or do I get it for my PlayStation? I bought it for the Switch. Is it its physical copy though, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bought it for the Switch. So maybe you want to get them trophies. Yeah. I specifically did buy it for the PlayStation console because those trophy trophies could piss me off and I might have to dip dive deeper into that game listen so one game like out of all of them episode three always frustrated me the most uh because there was the um the little uh the i don't know what they had they had like the little batteries or the little uh light sets like you had to collect 10 of them in each level or you know what i'm talking about nope so like essentially, so like in Lego Batman they had the golden bricks. Oh that you yeah, find, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. In Star Wars they had like these little mini mini kits that you could find, and when you're on Mustafar, there's one that's on top of this really like tall um, stature, like, and you're like floating along the lava, and literally the only way I could find to get up there is when you go into the free play mode, and then you turn into someone who can jump super high, like Jar Jar or someone, um, and that was the only way I could find to get it, but I couldn't get it in regular play. And you needed to get it a regular play in order to get the achievement or the trophy. And it just, it just always pissed me off. Well, you won't have to worry about that in this new one, potentially. Because it's not the original games. Yeah. All new, my guy. All of it. Yeah. So something else is going to piss you off. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like when I remember playing Lego Marvel Avengers when it first came out. And that first level, I, I felt stupid. <laughs> really stupid because I got stuck and it was it was just a nothingness that yeah. I got stuck in, insane um, yeah I, I might play Lego Star Wars this week might, might play Stranger's Paradise Final Fantasy game whatever like probably play Elden Ring find out I got all the tomorrow to play games no work alright Ash I'm uh I'm going to let you do the games this month. Can you handle that? Uh, sure. Hang on. Give me just a second. We, we need to know what's our free games with the paid service we all have. But wow. Anyway. So Matt, I was thinking. Mm-hmm. We go out there and we get we make a potato gun. I already right? know where this is going. We make a potato, potato gun and we fill it with like hot dogs or or brats, but like like they do in baseball at yep. the baseball stadiums. Yep. And we drive through areas and we don't launch them at people, but we shoot them like like people shoot off guns on like New Year's Eve. Mm. Like when the but Jayhawks win like, a championship. Yes. <laughs> like up in the air. And we just launch these hot dogs all over these hat neighborhoods and see. You like, want to create a glizzy cannon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, glizzy. Yeah, yeah. Let's just make glizzy cannon. All right, Ash, y'all set? Uh, yeah, sorry. Speaking speak, speaking of that. <laughs> how do you how do you get a how do you get a hipster to eat a hot dog? You Is put a beanie be a on it. Put it in a man bun. <laughs> What's our games this month, Ash? What's our games this month? I, you you brought it up. I couldn't help it. Uh, so for PlayStation, uh, we've got three. We've got uh, Hood, Hood, Outlaws, and Legends, uh, SpongeBob's Battle for Bikini Bottom, and Slay the Spire. Uh, Hood is for PS4 and PS5. Bikini Bottom and Slay the Spire are for PS4. And then for Xbox. Uh, Why is this not 
that's a really small picture Why I found. It's not loading. I don't know why it's not loading. So Can you read it? Because I can't read. Uh, I can't read the first one uh, because the picture I found is really much smaller when shared than I originally found. But the first one is a white covered game with a wolf-like outline. It's really confusing. I, I can't say I recommend it. Uh, the second one we have here is called Hugh. Uh, Hugh might like it. Hugh might not. It's got a picture of the color wheel on there. So, yeah. Uh, the next one is another ridiculous game, and I can't read that one. And then MXTV Alive is also on there. So we nailed it. Like I, I think we uh, fully embodied the spirit of Caleb in that one. <laughs> um, we dropped the ball. We failed it all. But who cares? Because the games for Xbox are uh, uh, interesting. Yes. Yep. But to go with that, let's let's talk. Okay, so we got PlayStation announced and revealed its new uh, PlayStation Plus service that's going to compete with Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talked about a few weeks ago, it's going to be three separate tiers. Uh, so you're going to get your PlayStation Plus Essential tier. Um, this provides the same benefits that Plus members get today. So everything you currently get as just a regular Plus member, same price, nothing's changed on that one. The second one is your PlayStation Plus Extra. Now this one has all the benefits of that first tier. Uh, a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios, uh, which there's an asterisk there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there's something that's a little off on that one. Um, and then the price of this one is going to be $15 for a month, $40 quarterly, or 100 bucks a year. So essentially... $40 extra a year than what you're currently paying. And then finally, your premium tier. So you get all the first two. Uh, you also get an up to 340 additional games. Another asterisk. Uh, PS3 games available via cloud streaming. And that's going to suck. Uh, catalog of beloved classic games available both streaming and download options from the original PS1, 2, and P generations, cloud streaming access for original PlayStation games, and time-limited game trials will also be offered at this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy. Hmm. That one's going to be eighteen dollars a month or one twenty for a year. So, what's your thoughts, guys? You guys going to upgrade and do the one of the other ones? You're going to stick with what you got. Honestly, probably stick with what I have, at least for now. Um, Every gamer knows that you don't buy the first version. (laughs) So, we'll see how. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth on this. Part of me is thinking just like, okay, can one, can I justify doing that? Because like, if it's one thing, if like for nintendo online like you can pay for it but other people can use it as well um like i could see like okay yeah maybe doing that but if it's just me like in with how much little i already kind of utilize or not like maximizing my playstation plus it's like what's the point of paying more if it's just gonna like now i'm just paying to not even like use all of it i don't know yeah it's so i think because I know because of GameStop, we got PlayStation Now along with PlayStation Plus. So, like, I have both subscriptions. I've paid for them. Um, and I think from what I heard is that well, I'll automatically be upgraded to one of these tiers. I, I think it's premium because mm-hmm. I've already spent $120. Um, so I, but I don't know. If it wasn't for that, I, I, I'm intrigued. But without knowing what the titles are, I don't. I can't say it's worth it right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like up to four hundred of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. I because of benefits I had, I probably own most, if not all, those games. Yeah. 
So that, for me personally, that's a benefit that I have. It won't be worth it. What intrigues me, though, of all this is the PlayStation Premium. What are the classic games that are in there? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get the whole entire... Like, if, if we can get the entire Final Fantasy saga from PlayStation OG onto this Premium Edition thing, you got me. Because anthologies on there. You, you got tactics. You got seven, eight, nine, ten, two. I could play the thirteens on a PlayStation console, even though I'd have to stream them. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Somebody from PlayStation's listening to this, just so that you're gonna buy it. <laughs> that's that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, while yo, while you listening, go tell Nintendo to put their picks. Pixel Remaster Edition from Steam onto the Switch. All right, appreciate you, my guy. I'll take it on PlayStation too. <laughs> like, but that's that's that that could do it. Like that that's what I think is most intriguing, and why I think the honestly the the games are what's going to sell it. I always say the games sell the console, not the other. Not the console sells games. Like that's that's usually what it does. So it's going to be the same with this. The games are going to sell me on. Yeah, and again, we we talked about this a few weeks ago um, because it's like this weird combination of PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus while still kind of having them separately. Like, I, and like, place, so, and how they treated PlayStation Now has always felt reactionary for, for a lack of a better term. Um, and so like, I would hate to see that kind of like spill over into this. Cause like, like you said, if we are going in blind and we don't know what's going in there, they're going to throw all the games that like a very select few are going to be extremely excited about a majority of those games. Whereas a majority of the people care very, like actually care about an even less percentage of those games. And then like, no, no one really wins that situation. Like you see like kind of like people sign up for it and then you're going to see a drastic fall off in like two months, maybe three at most. So I don't know. I I guess we'll just see as like, we're getting closer to time if they're going to reveal more. I hope so because it's supposed to launch in June as of right now. So I mean, it, it, So the new extra and premium materials respectfully, blah, blah, blah. At launch, we plan to include titles like Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, World Combat 11, and Returnal. Mm. So like those those are the ones in the extra tiers in the, that we'll see, potentially. Um Yeah, that's all we get. There's no other game information on there. So I like I don't know if it's gonna be just five, but it's gonna be interesting to see how this works, especially if it'll be competitive with Xbox, if it is, it could do it could start to steal some of that mindshare. Mm-hmm. But I'll but think about this for a second. If you sign up for the top tier one, right? Mm-hmm. That's hundred and twenty dollars a year. That's the same price to put, have Xbox Game Pass for a year. Mm-hmm. So you're $240 for a year just in a subscription for your console. And then you add on to that 20 bucks, which just seems nominal at that point, for mm-hmm. Nintendo Online or was it 35 mm-hmm. uh, I think 40, 45 or 50 for a single. For a single, I think it was. I think it's fifty. For a single, I think it was forty-five, but then the uptick was like fifteen more extra dollars for the. Yeah. Okay. For the so family. forty-five. So you're looking at yeah, two eighty-five yeah. a year for your subscriptions base, right. just for your games. If you're fortunate enough to like money. pay for everything, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> getting pricey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Starting to get pricey. So, all right. Uh, Ash, you want to talk about some U5? Yeah, so uh, earlier today, I think around 
was it 11 30 12 o'clock give or take something like that i can't remember off the top of my head um unreal engine 5 did a state of play um that was really dev you know digging into their new engine that they have fully you know released um as well as a couple of other developers that had some comments and things like that on the side um so Unreal Engine 5, they have done a lot of really, really cool things. Um, so from an artist perspective and, you know, somebody who likes digital design but isn't really smart enough in the coding aspect to do it themselves, this is just a bombshell of awesome. Uh, and the biggest reason being is because it, they have this website um, – it's epic. It's dev.epicgames.com, and then you can click on the Unreal Engine, which will take you to a learning portal where you can literally learn how to do the coding and the graphic design and the motion movement um, all for free through their portal and basically start creating your own game. Um, so one of the really neat features that I personally thought was really cool um, was the fact that they have integrated the Quixel Bridge fully. Um, so that means that the drag and drop system is a lot easier to use and more integrated. So, for example, um, uh, you guys ever played um, Fallout 4 and Skyrim and things like that? Skyrim, obviously, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've played. I, yeah, I've played Fallout 4, not Skyrim. <laughs> You know how you can drag and drop a lot of the items and place them on shelves and make it look all neat yeah. and cool? Yeah. So think that, but for game development. Ooh. So, so kind of like Dreams was. Yeah, so basically what they've done is they've created this type of quick panel that you can drag and drop objects for, um, as well as being able to micro-adjust them within the game without having to code and color and shape and add you know, all this stuff onto that individual item every single time, which is really, really cool. So it's going to make for faster design, and it's also going to make it a little bit easier because everything is already in a way huh. pre -paced. So it was there originally, but it wasn't as fully integrated as it is now. Um, so they have reduced the quick menu size. Um, they've added a, a tab and sidebar that you can close and open. Um, as well as a content browser. So they have this like free library now, as well as paid library that you can browse and, you know, search from for like a specific item or texture or whatever the case may be. So if you go to their website, um, unrealengine.com, and you click on learn more, uh, it'll kind of go into detail and you can actually see it where it's faster, easier, more efficient. Um, and that's the section where they kind of talk about it. Uh, another really, really neat feature, which is previously only been able to use for a lot of major movies and their CGI and things like that, um, is the micro polygon geometry system. So essentially what that means is each individual thing within a vision for a digital world is a type of polygon. And for some, you only have a set number that you can use. So with the new system, what they've done is they've directly imported and replicated multi-million polygon meshes. So it's essentially an intelligent system that only puts the detail that you can perceive, removing a lot of the issues with poly counts. So for some places in, or some pages, I should say, um, in sections, you can only have a certain number of polygons within that set before you have to move on to the new set. So this reduces that, which makes everything a little bit more streamlined and quick. So it could also give you the ability, the ability to utilize the same amount of like space, exactly. but get more detail out of it as well. Exactly, exactly. Huh. So before, this is only really seen in a lot of movies and like high quality movies with large, large budgets um, because they had the ability to, to really do that because of that. Um, so having this integration is, is huge because now you're going to have this super high quality detail design for free, huh. which before, like even with Unreal Engine 4 being free, 
it wasn't as integrated previously. Um, so on a designer aspect, you still had to pay for all the extra stuff if you wanted to have that high quality design and detail. And you also had to code it and hope that it didn't break 15 other things down the line. So, Ash, how how is this going to affect development? Did they say if it's going to like have an impact on time or make things easier? Like, Obviously, it sounds like it will. So two things. So the first is, yes, it will make it easier. It will make it a lot more streamlined. The second is it's going to open up a massive avenue for indie games to have very high-quality, detailed content. So a lot of the indie games that you get, some are good, some are not so good, some are low budget, some have a decent amount of budget. With the ability that Unreal Engine 5 has, it's going to reduce a lot of uh, but we put more in the story because now you can do both. Um, something else that's really, really, really neat uh, is something called dynamic global illumination and reflection. So essentially what this is is... Uh, say you take a ball of light, right? Yeah. And you turn the lights off, right? And with that ball of light, you're going to get illuminations on certain objects within a specific range based off of the brightness. So with this, they've added that a lot more cleanly um, through a system called Lumen, um, which is a fully dynamic global illumination. So think about how in some games you have the sun rising and setting and you have the shadows that follow that. Well, instead of having to fully code bit by bit, this is going to allow it to be integrated almost immediately. Oh, damn. So, like, it that's going to reduce a lot of time in and of itself. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, they've also added a really cool feature um, that they've, you're going to love this, they called MetaHuman. Um oh. <laughs> <laughs> So it's essentially these super, super high no. quality um, character <sighs> building simulations where you get the... Did you see the movie Alita Battle Angel? Yes. So you know how like really detailed her face was and how it looked almost real? Yeah, but really fake at the same time, yeah. So, well, yeah, so take, <laughs> take the way that that character was designed but make it a lot more realistic with like the blinking and the breathing and then the face twitches and things like that. Um, they've added, well, so they've added that into Unreal Engine 5 so that people can take a character, design it and customize it while still simultaneously having the like super realistic qualities that a lot of the really high-end game companies have. Um, or high-end hmm. movie creators and things like that. So for an indie developer, that's huge. Because how many times have character cre creations been very like dull, mundane, or they don't have a whole lot of detail? This is going to help eliminate like PlayStation Two era stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then of course they've also added a, a grid system for large areas. Uh, so for example. Um, the Matrix, uh, did you see the, the Matrix game movie trailer where they like blow up stuff and race through the streets? I know what you're talking about, but no, I did not. So that is where Unreal Engine 5 really, really detailed that, uh, that grid-based gaming setup where they created this massive open world with depth and structure um, while simultaneously maintaining the, like, uh, I would say first and second person view. Um, so you have this really rich background with all these shadows, you have moving parts and things like that. Um, but the way that it's done is where you can replicate the grid and move it so that you have the ability to create even bigger and larger open areas um, without basically breaking the game. Huh. So Okay. So you can create these massive maps without having to worry about overloading the system. I can't wait, Ash. Can't wait. Do we know of anything that's going to use it? So there's a couple of games. Uh, during this announcement um, and, and like kind of a dev talk, 
they had a couple of developers. Uh, CD Projekt Red was a big one, and that they announced that for the last year they've actually been using uh, Unreal Engine 5 and in works with Unreal Engine and Epic Games in order to help create the new Witcher. Uh, they didn't really release a whole lot of information on it, unfortunately, but with the fact that we know really in depth what Unreal Engine 5 is and being able to play with it and look at it and things like that, I, I dude, the new Witcher is going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like, I'm so excited for this at this point. Um, and then we also got a really awesome announcement uh, from Crystal Dynamics, uh, who is the creator of Tomb Raider games. They have exclusively announced during the state of play that they are using Unreal Engine to create a new Tomb Raider. Unfortunately, they didn't give us a name or a date or time frame out, but with them being able to use Unreal Engine 5 as well, I can only imagine what this is going to look like, especially with the last Tomb Raider uh, not really being open world, but open map. Just the a level of detail they're going to be able to put into this without, you know, like destroying their budget is going to be awesome. Well, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to see what it looks like, like actual gameplay. I know they have their Lyra demo, a <laughs> free game if you purchase it. Um, I won't. Mm-hmm. Like, I sounds easy enough, but I know yeah. I'm not creative enough to make a video game. So Couldn't here's the cool thing: is with Unreal Engine Five, if you decide to download it and get it. You don't have to start from scratch. So they have two games. Uh, one of them is called Lyra Starter Game, and the other one is called City Sample. You can download them for free. You can play with them for free. If you ever thought about just even attempting to be a developer, these are already pre-made base model games. So think of it like a game blueprint that you can just stack and add and do whatever you want with, and it still functions. So, Ash, I have a question. Sure. Um, is Lyra the one that they showed off when they first revealed Unreal Engine 5? Yes, the the shooter. Yes. Okay. So the the so game shooter? itself uh, no, it's... Well, in the the way that they modeled it it is um, it has a very like Fortnite kind of movement system um, but it doesn't have to be because you can always change it. Okay. That's the beauty of it. So it's different than okay. I was talking about the one uh, that they later added the character to. I don't know if it was like Fortnite or some like internet like character skin, something like that, um, where it had like the cave explorers because they're showing off all the nodes and like the or the fewer the rays nodes of sun. Yeah, and she's like yeah. exploring through this cave and like seeing all the different colors and like the different low light settings, and then there's like. The, the like launched in- out of it or something, right? Yeah, there's like an uh, Indiana so, Jones oh, sequence well, out of it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, that was actually shown in the state of play, but no, Lyra is actually its own basically um, game. So with this particular game, um, it starts off as a player versus player shooter or like team based shooting, um, similar to how like the you know. Uh, matchmaking team-based games are but it doesn't have to be that's the beauty of it is because it's literally hey here's a fully made game do what you want with it and that, that's literally what they said is like hey you want to add stairs you can add stairs you want to change the light source and color and character design go for it do it this is how the character moves this is how the character runs here's the coding it's already there all you have to do is just change the design of it all right uh, just really- to clarify, Ash, uh, I need to say this real quick because I'd be, you know, wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. Uh, it's state of Unreal live stream, yeah. not state of play. Well, you know what? No, I, I, look, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But if I don't correct you, but I, you, I correct Caleb all the time, like favoritism. You know what I mean? Like I, I got to keep it <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, state of play Unreal Engine or something like look, that. Look. Look, it's the the thing you shared with us was State of Unreal 2022, and I thought at first you were sharing the State of the Union stuff, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then I was okay. like, "Oh no, this she's talking about video games was so the State of Play," and then I was like, "Nope, it's State of the yeah, Unreal, State of Unreal." Gotcha. Yeah, they couldn't like, have picked something better. 
<laughs> um, and then of course, city sample. Um, that's the one I was talking about from the Matrix. It's the Matrix on Wake uh, Awakens. Um, and it was it's essentially a demo of how the city scene from that was built. Um, and the uh, project consists of completely a complete city with buildings, vehicles, and crowds of metahuman characters. And it demonstrates how they use the new and improved system in Unreal Engine 5 to create the actual experience. So back to kind yeah. of the metahuman aspect, um, it makes it a lot easier to create detailed and quality NPCs with a minor AI aspect. So they kind of do their own thing. All right. Well. Hopefully we're going to see something soon from it. You know what we're not going to see soon? Hmm. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't Botwa say it. 2. Laws Botwa 2. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Laws Botwa oh. 2. Yeah, oh, this one hurt. Th this one hurt. Uh, it really did. Because I... Actually, I have to go back and look. Because I, I think I did pick it up for my draft. <laughs> and I was just... <laughs> Oh, we oh missed my. points for you on that one, my guy. <sighs> and here's the thing again, outside of that, it hurts on a very fundamental level because I, I, I'm not alone in this. I think a majority of people, I can speak for a majority of the fan base, we were so excited. We are so excited for this. But them taking their time to release this is still a good thing. We know it's coming. It'll it'll be hopefully way better than the first one. Like I don't know how you can like be better than what they gave us, but hopefully still like a fun and enjoyable game. Um, but even in the wake of this, we did get to see some new footage that we had not previously seen for Breath of the Wild Two. Uh, we got to see, I think, a bit more of um, Link's new uh, new power. Or I don't know what you would call it abilities like moving through solid objects, and he was just kind of like chilling up in the clouds, and then we also got to see his arm and a very busted master sword. Hmm. I didn't watch the whole video, so I'm not gonna lie. Like it, it was, it was one of those moments for me. I I'll have to go back and watch now because I haven't looked at anything from it. Yeah. But I remember opening up the video on Twitter and saw the developer. Heard him speaking Japanese and saw the captions below and was like, oh, we know you're all excited for Breath of the Wild 2. And we just want to let you know we're delaying it till spring 2020. And I was like, I'm done. Turn off the video. Uh, that's all I needed to know. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm not going to look at anything. So yeah. I'll have to look at the post. Yeah. And, and, and they just showed uh, it was there was only like literally like smack dab in the middle of the entire thing. They threw some footage in there as he was talking <laughs> and then they went back to him. So it's very easy if you kind of like watch the beginning, kind of like skimmed through it and then went to the end. You you could have gone right over it. But yeah, seeing that I think is one very intriguing um, for a multitude of reasons, because you just have to think like, OK, how did we get here that he lost an arm and the master sword is broken? Like literally the one thing that's not supposed to break. And two, I think it's hilarious because I know some people are complaining about the durability of weapons and they're just like, so you guys want to complain? Cool. You no longer have the, <laughs> the unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> and your arm's gonna have durability too. Right. Imagine you have to stop just because your your arm fell off or it broke. <laughs> you have to reforge it. <laughs> oh, I'm, th I'm thinking Ten Man style from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you just gotta grease it back up. Yeah. So again, super super sad, but like glad that they're taking their time to. Um, really workshop and work out all the kinks for breath of the wild too, because honestly that game deserves nothing but the best TLC. Um, and I'm sure they're going to give us a really good game. Yeah. I don't doubt that, but yeah, I want, I won it yesterday. I won it yesterday. I need it yesterday. It makes it, it kind of, it, it makes you wonder, are they delaying the game because they need to polish it more or, are they delaying the game because they need more time to guarantee they'll have enough consoles for the new generation or mm. the new updated Switch to get out there? Mm. 
I mean, can't get it's right now. It's hard to source all those components. Probably be a little bit easier late this year, early next year. It is already five years old, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's five years old, yep. so it's six years next year. So that's about the life of a console generation for Nintendo. Yeah. The two prior were the off ones. Like, is this, do we get a Switch 2? Um, personally, I, th- I think they're going to really push the OLED system more. Um, I feel like they're going to, they did when the Switch initially came out, and they did that, like, uh, I want to call it more like a false sense of demand, and then like they flooded the market right before holiday season. Oh, they didn't. They didn't create a false sense of demand, ma'am. Uh, I mean, we they did that with, but not the switch. So here, here's my theory on consoles in general being difficult to get outside of your, you know, um, supplies issue. So as far as product goes. The first, I would say, two, maybe three years, a lot of it is profit loss because the product that goes into those items is currently the newest thing that's out, right? But let's say you release little spurts of console bundles for the world for the first two years, and then by year three or four, you start really releasing everything so that you can make full profit because by then... The materials are older and newer things are coming out. I appreciate that theory, but I'm going to counter you with just like with TVs, you make more money off the games. So, and the accessories. So, the more consoles you get out there, the more people will actually buy the game on the new consoles. And you'll see that re- that return. Um, perfect example for these both of these situations would be the PS4. They couldn't make them fast enough, and they were actually profiting $22 off each console sold. So they weren't yeah. in they weren't in the red with the console sale. They were actually netting positive every single time. It might not have been a full twenty two, but they were making profit off each console. Um, the PlayStation Three, if you remember, sold at six hundred dollars, mm. and they were still cutting a loss. And they found that because they had the backwards compatibility in the PS Three from the get, people were still buying PS Two games in an abundance over PS Three. Now, the PS3 games weren't that great. There were, weren't nearly as many, you know, in there. There were few and far between, but that ultimately led them to remove the PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility from the console because forced people to buy the games on their new console to, to make that new console profitable. Mm. Like, that's... That that's just that's how it works. That's why right now we do see some of these big title games on multiple consoles because they need to make. It's not just the retailers right now. It's we have they you have all of the the developers also need to make their money. They're they're struggling. So think if like I understand what you're saying, and I know Nintendo's done that in the past, but they they only really did that with the Wii. That was the one I will say 100% because there were warehouses full of Wii's that they weren't selling. Yeah. Like I said, just theory. I appreciate it. I just like debunking theories. It's not a bad <laughs> one. It's no QAnon, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, last thing before I think we got out here. We don't have E3 this year. Surprise, surprise. Okay. So... It's not really a surprise. I don't think anything more needs to be said about it, but I do have one question. And and for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, um, who who was it that came out and they're just like, hey, we're not doing anything this year? Uh, Like, who who broke the news first? Was it? Uh, What do you mean? Was it like E3 just like tweeted? They're just like, hey, we're not doing (laughs) anything. No, it leaked from somebody. Somebody was like, hey, we're not going to go to E3 this year. And it was, we're not going to E3. Like, that was more or less what it was. And then E3 was like, oh, hell no, we got to stop. I don't know who specifically, but it, it was like 30 minutes, I think. It wasn't far between. Okay. So then I think that kind of answers my question, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there anyways. And I think Caleb asked us, like, whenever we, we, like, you first sent it to us. Do we even need it at this point? 
like i think for for okay sorry i'll let you go ahead and say what you're gonna say no no go ahead go ahead because uh, for the past couple of years ever since like even before the pandemic started it's been trending in a weird way to where it's just like okay what are we actually getting out of this um like xbox was already kind of hosting all of their stuff off-site like even though it was like across the street it was off-site um nintendo like while they still show up to like do their due diligence they're still saving a lot of their stuff for not there um and then rolling into the pandemic as people are started like not going to events and things are like throttled in the way that they're doing things other people stepped up to give us a better experience and showing off games empowering more like indie developers and studios that want to show off their stuff while they just kind of stagnated and so i think they're finally feeling that and so it just kind of lobs that question can they rectify this at this point and is it even worth it they can i think um and i think to i think in its current latest past iterations that we've seen no Mm -hmm. no it's not worth it Mm -hmm. um i think why a lot of companies pulled out of e3 was because astronomically priced like yeah you don't get yeah you don't get a return on that investment for years at times yeah like and you're doing that every year and you're just spending money to potentially make money later when yes in this current digital age you do have the ability to just tweet out breath of the wild 2 is delayed like you don't have to do anything special about it you yeah. put up a quick video and there it is yeah um and we see that with everything right now but it would be nice if it came back as a video game convention yeah, yeah. And, like I mean, think about the fact that like if you even wanted to go and be a part of e3 that's a good like two almost three grand you have to shell out like imagine how much it actually costs for your developers and and they're they're like hey let's rent this venue like three blocks down for like a third of the price like Mm -hmm. who what company wouldn't do that in order to a pull in the people that were going to the venue in the first place but b also save money in the long run and be able to have not just a time slot but an entire event just for them Mm -hmm. yeah and you're, you're both exactly right. Um, speaking to what you're saying earlier, Greg, I mean, part of the reason they're in this predicament was because it was originally supposed to be a trade show, right? For for uh, distributors. And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what's coming in the pipeline. Then they, then they realized, oh, people want to see this, not just like those people that are going to be buying and selling for us. And then they try to have their cake and eat it too with turning it into a whole fanfare thing and then didn't really have clear direction. That's why they're here. I do like the idea of them turning it into like a true full on convention because a lot of this is, as you're saying, very like costly for these people and especially for smaller studios, indie studios and developers. Um, It's a good faith thing for them, which may pay off. It may not. And then what does that mean for fans? Because, again, before it's like you're having access to Square Enix to, um, like, again, Xbox, but they're, like, across the street. You're seeing Nintendo, yeah. uh, Sega. Like, There's, They're even still in the building. Like, Microsoft does their video from across the street. Right, but they're but still they, there. There's still a presence in the auditorium. Like, and my other thing with E3 being gone, do you remember the last do you, last two years, especially 2020, when there was no E3? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how chaotic it was to get video game news, dude? So, like, was, honestly, in Summer Game Fest, what like that and uh, what? So there was Summer Game Fest with Jeff Keighley, and then there was whatever IGN was IGN putting together. One, yeah, kind of funny. Did a day or two here or there, mm-hmm. like everybody and their mom who's in game games media in some way, shape or form had something to reveal. Right. And it was like three months of trying to figure out what is coming to where, when and how, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I mean, and, we kind of needed uh, when you're yeah. 
so used to status quo that is E3 and its declining rate, we needed, like, like you said, competition is everything. And so being able to like have, not necessarily having a solid thing now, because it's still very new that this isn't the summer thing that people are getting the news from. Um, but being able to have summer game fest step up, which last year was rough because it was like, don't do this over a month. Please don't do this over a month. <laughs> Cause I that's, can't just keep like checking in day, day. It's... That's the other thing that sucked about it is like, yes, E3 in its current form sucked because it was more or less just three days of videos, two and a half. And then it was, if you weren't there, you nothing really matters. Like you'll have to just hope somebody shares everything or, you can, can get an idea of everything that was there because yeah. you're going to miss something. Um, and then you went from that to I have a week to focus on with stuff a little bit beforehand, stuff a little bit afterwards to all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it was a pain to keep track of. Yeah. And I hated it. I hated every bit of it. Now, I'm not saying we all have to have it in one week, but that gave – Jeff Keighley a month. That gave IGN, I think IGN did it over like 21 days, 14 days yeah, of summer. So there's like weird. summer game fest and then there was summer of gaming. And then like, and then again, studios, they were all named de- the same developers were empowering, like for feeling empowered to just tweet stuff. <laughs> and so it's yeah. just like, which, which is great. I yeah. want to, but it was oh, like, I, it was hard to keep track of to share. It was also hard to keep track of like, what is it that I want to buy? So as a consumer, I wasn't, I didn't know what was coming when, and I didn't know when I was going to buy it or what, and I'm sure I missed out on games. Mm -hmm. Well, you also have to keep in mind that, like, honestly, the people that ran E3, they've just got too money hungry, and that's a lot of the problem. But the other aspect of that is people who aren't, like, super avid gamers, um, having a, a very chaotic schedule like that is going to lead people to, well, who developed this and, you know, like what schemes coming out and, and it's, it's, we're, it we're embedded the, in this. Yeah. Yeah. It causes the avenue for disinformation also, because then you get a lot of, he said, she said, and then it, it, it just, it, it, <sighs> Yep. The world does do well with some chaos, but not like this. Not like this. It doesn't um, do well for for sales at all. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Especially when it comes to oh well, this studio did this and they had great success with this, so let me do that as well. On top of it, like you know, it's it's like trying to have a yard sale on top of a flea market. Like mm-hmm. they're two different things, but they're similar, and it just doesn't work well together. Yeah. So no E3 this year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll get something they change in the, in the future. So uh, I I do have a question for you guys. Uh and we can we can kind of wrap up on this. So as you're saying, at this point, it's the wild, wild west. We who knows like how like I don't even know if we've we've kind of heard some stuff from Summer Game Fest for this upcoming summer, but we don't I, really is doing something and Jeff Keeley is doing something. Yeah, and so if you somehow magically end up in this position of power to where you're sitting at the table with all these people that are coming up with, uh, uh, like, revealing or, like, giving us these, like, summer news games and outlets, like, what are, like, what are your suggestions? Like, how do we streamline it so it doesn't feel so, like, overwhelming? Because, like, honestly, like, you, you're right. It, last summer specifically, so, like, 2020 was cool it's like okay we're not getting e3 proper or we didn't get a3 at all that year um and it's like we're getting something new it's kind of refreshing um this could be the future then like 2020 2021 everyone's just like we can all do this and then it's insane like what are your thoughts like how can we streamline this or like how can people like band together to make a better thing i mean ash do you have any ideas um i mean for all of the different crap, all of the different studios in general, I think it would be beneficial if they had maybe a couple of minor 
conventions like okay well this developer that works with these studios have them one week this developer works with these studios you know and and kind of let everybody do their own thing but at the same time give them kind of a a smaller block to work with so that it's just not everywhere because you don't need one development studio having a month worth of content that they're trying to push out and then this other studio like yeah we got like two games you know, it just mm. it, it it would make more sense to have everybody in their own category, I think. And that way it'll give them a little bit more of a broader spectrum and still open that avenue for competitiveness and creativity on, hey, we're going to do this really cool show while simultaneously announcing these games. Um, but it's not going to be complete utter chaos for the simple fact that we're all in a similar boat when it comes to maybe not so much the type of game, but maybe the type of system they're using. Or, you know, for example, if all these games are all made with Unreal Engine, here's these games. Mm -hmm. Or if these games are all made with what Square Enix uses, here's the, you know, things like that. Yeah. I feel like that would be easier to navigate. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm kind of in that wheelhouse. Like, well, obviously, we're not getting an actual physical convention this year mm. at all, right. whatsoever. It'll all be digital, and, and like, I, I we know they're going to partner with media outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I expect a lot of them to overlap in some way, and I like I don't think anybody should feel like they shouldn't. That's that's I don't expect you to communicate and be like, hey guys, when are you doing yours? Because ultimately you're all in a business, right? Like it's yeah. kind of cutthroat, but you're friendly kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't also want to see IGN be like, we're going to be streaming for six hours. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I'm not getting into that. Like, don't. I don't want to hear that. Like, if you've got Square Enix. And you've got enough to fill a couple hours of Square Enix, do a day. Or if you've only got enough to do 10 minutes, make it a day. Make it a 30-day long thing. And every day you have a new announcement from, you know, company or you do an indie, a long indie one. Or, you know, maybe WB only has three games and Square Enix has two and you can fill two hours with it. Like, But something that's more... Well, out, but still structured. Structures shorter. Like I, I don't, I don't want to see 350 videos and then have to go search IGN for here's a list of all the games that were announced today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and tomorrow we're gonna announce another 450, and the day before we showed off 75. Like, I can't keep up. I want to be able to get in there, look at it, read it, watch the video, to bounce out, call it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just like see see the way my attention span set up. Yeah, like, <laughs> bruh, come on. I know y'all do surveys. You know that nobody can like. That's why you have three minute videos. You don't have on TikTok not twenty five. Can't tell you how many times somebody's like, "Oh, I'm gonna type something on my Facebook." I'm like, "Oh, this is really good. Oh, there's a little bit more. Let me hit the button." <laughs> no, <Nah>, I'm out. <laughs> well, or the that, or the like, videos, same thing with the videos. A good majority of gamers have some form of attention deficit issue. <laughs> like, yeah. None of, none of us can keep our mind focused on one thing for any length of time more than two hours. <laughs> nope, not at all. So, excellent question, Matt. I love it. Ash, where can they find us at? You can find us on all social media platforms, words, apparently I can't speak them, Uh, at the TDM show. uh, Most commonly used is going to be the Facebooks, the Twitters, and the Spotify's, as well as your Apple uh, podcast channels. Um, We are also on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken there, Matt. Yeah, we're on Instagram, cool. Um, Did you ever get the link fixed for our Facebook page? For a TDM show because I know it wasn't working for a little while. Um, it should be. If not, I will look and we'll find out. Okay, because it should be it should be the TDM show at whitenoisestudios.com, right? No, it's not that. It goes straight to our anchor page. It should go straight to our um, anchor page. Because the white noise, the white noise studio 
wasn't working. Anyhow, but that's where you can find us. Make sure you like, subscribe, turn on the notifications bell so that you don't have to rely solely on us to update you. You can have your own notifications and then share it with your friends because at least one of them will like us. Matt, where can they find you at? Guys, you can follow me on all social media, specifically Twitter, tweeting for the next month and a half at least everything I can about Christian Brown, who single-handedly is my icon from the 2022 National Championship Kansas Jayhawks. I just love the swagger and the confidence (laughs) that kid has to make shots in games and then just talk his shit. That's all I'm going to say about that. So if you want to see me uh, talk about that more, follow me at Matt underscore Q2. Ash, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitch uh, at MS underscore Sparks Menace. You can also find me on Twitter with the same tag um, as well as Instagrams. I do post my go lives on Twitter. I am in the process of getting Discord set up. I will have that at some point soon. Maybe not and you can find me at Tongsy on Twitter, T-O-N-N-K-S-Y. That's where I'm out there just chilling, not doing a whole lot, sharing Sea of Stars <laughs> video game stuff, you know, at Sea of Stars video game. Go check them out. Give them a like, follow, subscribe, all that good trash. Uh, guys, we love you. We appreciate y'all listening every single week. We will be back next week with more video game news. Until then, have a good one.